met this six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. episode of Subconscious Realms. I'm your host, General Lee, and for tonight, <laughs> we are being joined, uh, yet again, an absolutely incredible returning guest who delivers Scorched Earth every single episode we do. Um, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the extraordinary Sir Robbie Marx. Uh, now then, Robbie, mate. Hey, how you doing, Lee? I'm good, thanks, man. Yourself? Nice, doing great, doing great. Just finished good, up another piece of art, so... Um, yeah, I'm in the process of sketching on a couple pieces now, um, but just finished up a piece for uh, a cannabis laboratory in Maine. Um, <laughs> nice, Maine. Yeah, called Blue Sky, and it's Blue basically Sky. yeah, it's basically for a product they have called Dream Buds. So Dream Buds, what's what's that like? Is it uh, a bit like? It's like moon rocks, but instead oh, of the yeah, instead of the keef, they roll it in THCA. So, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, I, I, I would love to try some. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got to come over, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully so, soon, Robert. Hopefully soon. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm just, uh, just working and you know doing the family thing and yeah, kind of taking yeah. care of the chickens and just it's, uh, you know, um, trying you to know, get we, some... we chickens. Do you ever get um, double yolk eggs? Yeah, when they were younger, we did a lot, but it's been less and less. Um, they're about two and a half years old now, so right. um, yeah. But yeah, we get some uh, we get some big eggs from a couple of them, man. So oh, nice. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, nice eggs, aren't they? And and speaking of eggs, we're going to be talking a lot about the an egg or the cosmic egg per se in this episode. Oh, very very nice, mate, and I am intrigued. Yeah, yeah. What you're going to be sharing with us today, mate, I think it is, it is, it's imperative and it's something that is, it really is truly unavoidable. Mm. It's well, and you know, when we get into like uh, the basic Western religions as far as uh, Judaism, um, Christianity, and, um, you know, Muhammad or Muslim um philosophy um we basically all all those religions relate back to um the mesopotamian um, philosophies and and how it was merging and shifting and coming forth you know from and and mashing up against the asian philosophies and the persian philosophies and kind of just um this this but the thing that we find in all of these philosophies is that there's this idea of the cosmic egg or this circle um that is the curved serpent 
um, or the cur that is the the curved you know Leviathan, um, and then we have the other idea of the point in the center of the egg or the yolk of the egg or the light coming out of the circle that created reality, um, which is basically the pointed serpent. So you have this this idea of of the circle and the point that creates physical reality which basically is now now when so if we look and begin with the ideas of sacred geometry um from a base right um in persian philosophy um and we find in rome they had no zero in the roman numerals because they thought that this idea of the zero was evil right um and it wasn't right. until the zero came in as that placeholder and and brought a lot of the uh persian math philosophy into you know as far as algebra and um and basically bringing us the math systems that we have now yeah. that we rely on you know um but basically that zero was considered to be evil by the roman church and so that's why there's no zero in the roman numerals right but the zero it was essentially that that circular circular leviathan right and it was yeah. the the waters of the chaos it's like uh it's like um the shadows swimming in the depth that that were all the possibilities that could be right and and basically this is that um this is basically the circumference of the egg right which it's 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 circle is everywhere and its center is nowhere that's traditionally a, a the mystery <laughs> philosophy right um as far as yeah. in, in existence right um so what we're doing when we're looking at these ideas is we're looking at fundamental like um philosophical ways to try to right. understand the universe and what creation is right so um now we go from the zero right which is the the mother of all chaos right um and and basically then we have the point in the center which is that um initial thought of the universe and it's springing forth and basically creating you know the light that became yeah. um you know um the the physical creation right so we go from the yep sorry robert would this be no. um anything like some sort of, uh, of like uh, quote, um the big bang well very much so um right. and there was actually it was um it was a jewish philosopher in the 1800s that that really was the first one i i've got the notes somewhere but he basically wrote about um the idea of the big bang and and later on that and and i don't know with a lot of these ideas you know and here's the thing with the imaginal powers of the human mind yeah. when we when we bring these ideas into being in our minds and then go to the lengths of basically writing them down or recording them or sending them out and conversing with other people um yeah. I, I think what we're doing is we're creating a waveform where certain people, you know, and it's like certain people are on the left, certain people are on the right. But we know that through clinical studies, they've taken people and given them the opposite party's news 
And usually after about a month to two months, they completely agree with the opposite party and they become one of that, that. So, you know, you really have to That's be careful. Very interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What you put in your brain and what you allow yourself to think. So, you know, yeah. but, but, but because these ideas, you know, and, and when you have the media force, you know, propagating ideas and symmetry, you know, to the whole, um, it's, it becomes a collective group think in a lot of ways. Um, but nonetheless, this, uh, this egg and this spark of life, um, that, or this light, this, you know, like in the Bible, you know, let there be light and, um, and light came forth. Um, so now from the zero being the, the nothingness, the point of nothingness to that one arising from the zero, right? We have yeah. two points in space. So we go from zero to one, and because we have duality now, we have two, right? And that, so this is our first point at which within sacred geometry, we can draw a line, okay? Right. And then, then when we add the one and the two together, as far as, and here we're talking, getting into like Fibonacci ideas, as far as the expanding fractaline nature of reality, um, and a sense. Essentially, you add that one and that two and you get three. And that gives us the first physical form of matter being that triangle, right? And, and yeah. almost at that point, this is the point where the cosmic, um, the cosmic crator or the energy force that is manifesting forth all of reality can actually take that pyramid and look into the physical world. So that's where we have our eye inside of the pyramid. The pyramid. View, yeah, viewing from the uh, more um, waters of, of the depth and the, the, you know, further layers of the unknown and, and, you know, the higher realms of heaven, basically peering into the crystalline form that is becoming the three-dimensional reality. You know what I'm saying? it sounds so intriguing so um, well and and then we go from the triangle to the you know the next would be four so it you know you can go but as far as as shapes you know you have yeah. you have a certain allotment of shapes um, but you go from the triangle to the cube and that cube is the manifest of the three-dimensional realm and basically we're inside that cube you know, much like these uh, recent um, freedom of, of information papers coming forth, talking about, you know, the mind being in the center of stasis, you know, within the points of up, down, left, right, forward, backward. And, and yeah. we're, we're in the center of that cube. So basically, these leviathons, the, the first is the, the divine feminine that is the circle or the zero, right? She right. is the shell of the egg and then the secondary is that yolk of the egg or that that light that springs forth that basically brings forth creation right right and, right. and when we look at the ancient um mysteries we basically see that um this egg this co this grand cosmic egg that we see in in the hindu cultures um we see it in you know um just there's in the, within Saturnian worship, they had the, the egg with the, the serpent. Cube, wrapped around yeah. It. 
you know so we see this cosmic it but nonetheless this is again this is also the ovum of the woman and the the, and the spermatozoa of the male coming oh. together and and creating that life and multiplying you know through sacred geometry you know um from the seed of life to the flower of life you know and and that's the tree of life which gives you the fruit of life um right. it, very much like this the seed of life brings about the child brings about yeah. the, you know, the mother and then that mother is the tree of life that basically produces the seed of life you know that's fertilized so here you have the the curved serpent the first leviathan and yeah. the pointed serpent which is the so it's basically the idea of the progenitive the regenerative force of you know uh the world that we live in and yeah how, and and the so, fractal nature in which we bring forth reality yeah could it could it, you know how there's um you've got the the, the curved and the pointed could right. it, i mean i'm just just throwing an idea here. could could it possibly be male and female yes well very much so um right. And, right. and that's where you get into you know um you have various rosicrucian writings on the separation of the sexes um you know going into the idea that they um you know separated through um like basically cloning themselves and and yeah. whereas then you get into the idea biblically um where you know they went in and because adam was dissatisfied with his first wife lilith they go in and they take his rib and basically make him uh, you know uh, an, so here again we have the idea of cloning in some sort of a sense um and it gets into the idea of of jupiter splitting the sexes you jupiter. know yeah or it was either jupiter or zeus at one point in greek mythology there's a splitting of the sexes but all the all the different cultures have this base story of the splitting of the sexes um uh, interesting uh, interesting do you know what else is interesting robert hmm. um you mentioned cloning there's yep. been I think I've noticed uh, quite a lot of material around cloning lately. Mm. Yeah, we did a show um, we're in New York Patriot and Hush Hush, and it was mentioning celebrity clones. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I've seen uh, a good bit of yeah. that. Well, and you go back to Dolly as far as the first clone sheep, and then they've got like services where you can clone your your dead pet, you know, to bring them. And look, but there was the crazy, guy. Man, oh yeah but there was the guy that he had a bull this is down in texas i a believe bull. yeah he had this big bull man big old yeah. badass bull and he was like <laughs> he, he had taken the back seat out of his cadillac and like the bull would ride around in the car with him and it was like his best friend and were, <laughs> yeah oh yeah man and and so but this bull it got old and it passed away um, and that guy basically took the genetics of that bull and cloned them. And that bull, Seriously? oh yeah. Cause he wanted his best friend. Oh, back, man. And, um, yeah. so, but when that, the new bull came in, um, it was like, they said it was like vicious and would constantly, he ended up getting gored by it and they had to end up, I, I believe they ended up putting it down, but, uh, Jeez. you know, and it's, it's the idea of, okay, now, even if you do, you know, the, the whole there's there's some debate as to 
you know, whether or not when you when you clone, um, you know, bring forth a direct cop. Because now when you go back into um, like uh, uh, some of the Aristotelian philosophy, um, there's the idea that our bodies are the exact resonant tone of the manifest creation and like that that our you know the the blood is prepared for the nesting of the soul and and basically you know the body itself because of you know now now we get down to dna which is another yeah. direct relation to the caduceus and the, the intertwining serpents again right um but but it's the idea that that you know the body is specifically resonating for that soul force to come down and nest into so if if right. you create a secondary body um when that that you know life force has already had its time um will you still get the same soul force energy nesting in that blood and some people say it's setting up um like basically empty bodies for um you know lower astral forces to enter into so there's, there's oh, like a, used to, it's like an avatar type avatar yeah basically yeah. like because that that uh that soul form has already had its time it's like basically just an empty vessel and and you know basically maybe some of these lower forces can like change their resonance because they operate within the lower resonance forces of the whole, you know, yeah, it's yeah. yeah. Interesting and weird, weird. Conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I love the old weird and uh, I love how this is, oh, yeah. it is yeah. uh, fascinating. Well, so now when we get into um, that idea of, of coming down into matter, right. Um, the matter itself um is malkuth within the tree of life right it's basically the very bottom point of the tree right and now um when you go up the tree the first one as far as malkuth is the earthly realm and then you have malkuth m-a-l-k-h-u-t malkuth and and then you go up the tree and you have yasad which is Y E S O D. Now this is the y Hebrew S O D. Okay. Right. This is the Hebrew Kabbalah tree of life that we're specifically referring to here. Right. So Malkuth is the number ten, and and then Yasad is the ninth Sephirah. Right? right. And so basically, when you look at the heavenly bodies within the the night sky right as far as seven major planets that they consider to be gods in the times of old right um each one of these planetary uh, bodies had a um genie or genie spirit um that that basically ruled over it right would that Some be spirit, uh, uh, a jinn the jinn yes correct right right yeah yeah and basically you know these are related to um various forces from lilith and samael um to the ancient archonic forces to you know um uh pre-diluvian um like uh, uh energy forces that got trapped in this realm when the giants died off um they're they're basically generally related to 
earthly resonance and and lower resonant forms of entities right robert would it be like um say for example hecate is that i probably pronounced that wrong and surga uh, would it be entities like that um at sergo was one of them you said um uh, surgat um no spelled uh, s-u-r-g-a-t surgat yeah yeah i'm not sure i'm not sure all right okay all right just just curious yeah well yeah. um but now when we look at these these and you know this basically what i'm i'm going into here is mesopotamian and mesopotamian yeah and and persian and entering into some greek um philosophy as far as um these planetary numbers right yeah. um but basically these spirits that because we were talking about the spirits that were residing within these planets right um yeah. and each one of these and so from the numerology sacred geometry we we're talking about you know basically we're on the we're in the 10th realm of matter which is which is the hypercube the cube within the hypercube right and then yasad would be the heavenly vault that's the ninth uh, sphere uh, the ninth sephiroth right and within the heavenly vault are the seven planets of the ancient um philosophy that were looked at as um angels basically in in the early christian philosophy yeah. um but nonetheless um all of those planets are ruled by numbers that are based around nine because they're in the heavenly sphere right so right, right. right? so when you get um saturn um which basically um we know is the one that opened up and allowed the soul forces of the humans to come and enter into the the humanly bodies and you know saturn basically determines and cuts off time in regard to how long we're able to stay within this realm right yeah. um so saturn is ruled by the number nine right um jupiter is ruled by the number 18 and so you have eight plus one gives you nine so that's a nine too right um the planet mars is ruled by the number 36 which is three plus six here we have another nine right um the sun itself um is ruled by the number 45 so when you add the four and what when you add the four and the five you get again a number a number nine uh, right? it's just a coincidence robert right? <laughs> <That was> it. <laughs> now mercury um mercury. is ruled by 72 which is one degree of the turning of the ages which symbolizes the 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 change as far as the element of change itself right and so 72 when you add the seven and the two you get the nine then, right? And then, of course, 360 is um, about totality. And it is, again, back to that circle that is the shell of the cosmic egg that holds and contains all of reality, right? So, yeah. So, um, and, and let's see, where do I want to go here? Um, but yeah, so do you have any questions so far? Right. <laughs> I think uh, it can't be just a coincidence. The ever the well, and that's why, 
Yeah, but that's why when when you know you start getting into these uh, ideas of sacred geometry, um, and these ideas of numerology and applying um, you know number to letter, and basically yeah. you know you see and a lot of people are doing this now, and I think that that what re people really need to understand is that you know when you get into quantum physics and physics and basically looking at things through the, the eye of math, right? Um, numbers stack with in certain ways. So, you know, no matter how you play with these numbers, you're always going to find these numbers that people are showing you, which is why these numbers are used within magic. You know, yeah, yeah. as far as 9-11, as far as 3-11, as far as 33, as far as 22, as far as 23, as far as, you know, and, and the 3 and the 7 and the 11 and the 13. And like, you know, the, the numbers, um, the way that they stack, um, they always result and bring forth these these hidden, you know, um, like mysterious numbers. So it's like it's almost like. Uh... I mean, it blows my mind, uh, numerology. Right. Uh, right. And, right. But it's almost like it's like a, sort of a language, so to speak. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, it's it's almost the um, fractaline language of creation is what I think it is. You know, it's... Uh, and, and it's... Well, and so, and that's what I was going to get into as far as at the idea of as above, so below this ancient philosophy, um, when you have this, this ovum and the spermatozoa, you know, and, and that creating the generative life, life force, right? That's also the phallus and the vagina, you know, coming together and, and you can just watch that echo out and that symbol of the circle with the point you know echoing through eternity through symbolism through all of manifestation you know like saturn itself is the circle with the point in the center of it right and yeah. and then that echoing out to you know the black hole with the the skirt of of the you know so and that echoing out into the cosmic egg which is the mother of all divine creation that is the holy virgin mother goddess that gives birth to the whole um that is you know that that you know that progenitive life force you know from the most minute and smallest elements of the dna where those serpents intertwine to yeah. the largest most alchemical cosmic forces in which those serpents intertwine so you know, there's, there's so much in there's so much and it's just fascination upon fascination upon fascination yes. especially when you've got like uh, the different religions like you've got zoroastrianism you've got right. persian you've got you know all like you're saying like the western religions um, they they all have these elements um wrapped within their systems yeah do you think what what, what would do you think would be have been the original religion well you know um it's yeah i mean you know some people say it's fire worship some people say it's sun worship, fire worship. Um, some people say it's moon worship and and different cultures probably you know practice different 
um, depending upon how their cultures thought about the reality that they were, you know, because you go back to the ancient Lumerian and the Mu cultures, and those were predominated by um, the, the, uh, the matriarchy. So basically women ruled those societies and, you know, said that during those times, that's where a lot of these ancient goddess cults basically persisted and came out of, you know, and then Very it wasn't, and it wasn't until, you know, the, the later um, Sumerian, Mesopotamian, you know, gods that basically the, the patriarchy, you know, because at one point, um, El, the original um, Mesopotamian, um, like, you know, god of the Hebrews, um, yeah. had a wife, had, I believe it was Asherah, you know. Asherah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's why uh, Moses when they're in the desert and the serpents are, are striking them, right? He puts the serpent on a pole, you know, to keep the serpents from striking the Israelites. And basically uh, that, on the staff, is that, is that what, is that what that, uh... that's the Asherah pole. Yeah, yeah. The Asherah so, that's, pole, that's it. The so Asherah you know, when you get into serpent worship and you start going back in these, you know, the serpent, you know, in within the divine wisdom, mystery cults of the divine, feminine personification the serpent was the you know the symbol of and continued to be um in the mystery schools the symbol of wisdom you know yeah very interesting yeah very interesting yeah um and also when you get into masonic lore right we see again this uh the 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 you know the cosmic egg as far as the circle um being in the compass you know, because when you look at the Masonic emblem, it's a compass and a square, and yes. they, they basically overlap each other. And the compass itself draws the circle. You know, that is the divine feminine. Whereas the the square, you know, creates the square, which is the physical reality that we're immersed within. You know, and it makes the angle, which is related to lower astral forces where arts are related to higher astral forces. Fascinating, this <laughs> Yeah. It is brilliant, brilliant. So, so even within the Masonic symbol, you know, we have, again, these same symbols. And, and when you see the Masonic, um, you know, uh, if, if you look at how they post up on a Masonic lodge, they'll put yeah. the compass in the square with the G in the center of it, right? Yeah, uh, what, what is the G? The G, well, that's the whole thing, man. Every symbol has seven meanings, and each one of those has seven meanings, right? So you have the grand architect of the universe, which is, again, relating to this circle and point. Um, you have um, the idea of generation. You have, well, and, and you'll, you'll see the big G a lot of times, but sometimes you'll see the smaller G instead of the capital G, and that's right. generally associated with, the serpent itself because that g the, the very interesting g um actually you know it, it slithers around just like a serpent so that's relating back to this you know ancient cosmic wisdom of of yeah. the project it's they're all one symbol that interrelate you know with each other in subtle ways that basically give you an overall description of what yeah. the energetic form of that symbol is you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, uh, there's quite a lot as well with you know Masonic 
symbolism. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, not, not too far away from, from where I am, there's a, a graveyard, um, Manchester mm. Old Cemetery, and I, I, I walk through there, I walk through there probably once a week when I'm over that way, and it's surprising how many gravestones I've got the Masonic, you know, the compass, oh, yeah. the G, and you think, well, and I'm um, talking a lot of gravestones, Robert, a lot, lot. right? And that's the pointed serpent, man. That obelisk is the pointed serpent. That's, that's the phallus. That's, phallus, you know, right. yeah. So that is, you know, and you get into a lot of the Roman, early Roman stuff and, you know, um, some of the uh, stories of um, young men who became Nimrod. Um, basically, they would, they would carry around um, you know, in a lot of these cultures, they would carry around um, giant penises, man. You know, and, <laughs> and, and this is this is all in relation to this is all relation to that pointed serpent, that Leviathan. Very you know? interesting. And because the on the one end, the pointed serpent is the male phallus, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And on the other end, the circular um, serpent is the the um, um, vagina. Female. Yeah, yeah. And, and that is how we continue to bring forth life within the this realm, you know. But but it echoes all the way from the smallest to the largest, and all points in between, you know. So when when you start talking about you know the Milky Way as being you know one of these serpents, and you have the Ouroboros, you know, that is physically the Ouroboros, yes, yes, creating and devour, you know, it's and that's the whole that's back to the two, you know, the it's the interrelationship of of you know the the deadness of space and the profunctory like formation and manifestation and progress of life itself yeah. at a base yeah. at a base, you know. Um, yeah. So Robert Flood, who is a Rosicrucian. Um, Robert Fox, Flood. Right, right. Which, and you go back into the Rosicrucians, and that basically became a lot of what the Masonic orders kind of became, coming out of what a lot of people believe was essentially Francis Bacon's writings, secret writings, bringing forth the Rosicrucians. Um, right. But Robert Flood, he tells us that the darkness adopted illumination in order to make itself right so yeah. the, in the rosicrucians they tell us that the darkness is the original form of um spirit and that lux itself or light or lucifer is the matter right right mm -hmm. uh, Robert, well uh, sorry to uh, to interrupt you what is your thoughts on lucifer ever actually um yeah, Lucifer, Lucifer is a really interesting character, man, because um, originally, you know, when you get into the Hebrew writings, um, Lucifer was was actually walking in the garden um, with the Elohim um, and and basically um, tending and, and bringing forth the progression of the manifestations, you know, within this this garden um of eden right and um you know you get into um some of the rosicrucian stories and like the bahad Gita, how we talked about that character of lucifer 
falling down into matter. Um, right, a, right. You know, and you have within the Bible, even the, the talk about, you know, um, Lucifer's, you know, falling and shining, you know, brightly. Um, and then, you know, that spirit, um, you know, some say is the same spirit that's in the bottomless pit, like waiting for apocalypse, you know, right. um, but, but Lucifer, basically when he walked in the garden of Eden with the Elohim, um, you know, he was one of the, he was the highest celestial angel. Um, and he basically wore a breastplate, um, that had 12 stones on it. Um, and 12 the, stones. Yep. And the 12 different, and there's, you can, there's different sources. You can look in the Bible, you can look at some of the old Hebrew literature, you can, um, yeah. but, and, and there are some contradictions as far as what stone goes where, um, and I was just going through uh, Josephus's um, The Antiquity of the Jews, which was written in 93 AD. Here we go with the Aleister Crowley 93s. Um, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but nonetheless. Uh, nice one, Joseph mate. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. that's brilliant. <laughs> right, right. So, but nonetheless, um, Josephus, um, who was, he was a Jewish scholar um, that basically ended up surrendering to the Romans and, you know, some say came to appreciate the Roman state. Um, but nonetheless, he was one of the earliest historians we have in regard to a lot of the stuff that, that and I would say the antiquities of the Jews, which he put down in 93 AD, um, was actually probably the first written form of the Bible essentially very very interesting that way yeah yeah um i, I wonder i wonder mm. Robbie, right since, since but since that its creation i wonder how many mm. times it's changed just due to translation right pure right. translation yeah. right right um but nonetheless josephus in the uh, antiquities of the jews he specifically says that because this this breastplate right when lucifer yeah. fell um, basically the Hebrews take this breastplate and they use it in their ceremonial aspects. Um, and uh. so, right. But, but the thing is, um, when Lucifer fell, it basically, you know, the tree grew down from heaven upside down. So we're in the upside down, basically in accordance with this philosophy, right. Being in the lowest right. form and the branches actually come from heaven down. So when, when Lucifer fell, they, they took this breastplate and basically flipped it upside down um, so that, that it works within the earthly realm. And Josephus refers to this breastplate as, um, what was the specific word here? Um, but, but they were using it um, as a, like a Ouija board almost. Um, right. As, essentially as, uh, what's the, what, what did we call that? A device to communicate with another realm, like like uh, like a scrying, very much. But there's uh, there's a, a a different older word. Um, I don't think scrying really came about until like John D. Yeah, John um, D. Yeah. You know? um, but but nonetheless, um, Lucifer, um, you know, was said to be this most supreme angel that fell. And then you get into some of the Rosicrucian um, writings, and they basically talk about how he was doing cosmic alchemy and and misappropriated the function of what he was doing and basically you know fell from his heights into the lowest form 
or the lowest sphere, you know, which is Malkuth, which is what, you know, where we are. Um, right. So yeah, the character of Lucifer and, you know, that's the other thing, Lucifer and light and Lux and the idea that the, this, this circle, which is the mother of chaos, the cosmic chaos and this, this light springing forth of this Lux, you know, and um, so the the rosicrucians looked at lux or light as matter itself you know Very interesting do you um, know what um I, I mean i've not gone like really really deep into it but uh you know you know like when we've discussed like arima right and he he being like the dark would lucifer be the light mm -hmm, mm -hmm. is is that you know i'm getting getting that one isn't that interesting? Isn't it is, that yeah, yeah. Well, and then and then that's the other thing. If it's you know, and with um, when you look at a lot of the Mesopotamian philosophy, um, they say that this realm is a reflection of the higher realm. And if crazy, that, <laughs> yeah. And, and when you get into um, Fohat, how we talked about Noah in the great drying up, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. At one point, that same character. Um, in the Asian uh, mythos, he was sitting by a stream and a dragon came out of the water, right? And this dragon had all of the alchemical symbols all inscribed upon all its scales, right? And it said, but in the water, they were all perfectly reversed, you know? So it's... it's Something crazy, that way. Yeah, so maybe there's some sort of of a sense of the idea that you know and it very much gets into the idea of plato's you know cave and the idea that all we are seeing is reflections on the wall you yeah. know and, you know with with the serpent uh coming out of the water would that be tiamat tiamat yeah well and that's um tiamat when you get into that whole sumerian um philosophy yeah it, you know, um, and then um, it was Kingu. Um, well, Tiamat was was a plant. It was some related to the planetary body that basically um, was was you know um, exploded and created the the asteroid belt um, that gave us our water, right? Um, so Tiamat, um, and and then you got Kingu who they cut off his head. And basically created all the life forms in this realm out of, you know, or or repli replications of themselves of themselves of the the godheads, you know, um, yeah, being us made in their image, much like the Elohim, you know, um, and man, um, my wife picked out this movie called Moonfall that we watched, and mate, it, mate, I've seen it; it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And that gets into kind of, uh, you know, um, this cosmic egg and kind of like that, that black goo um, that was acting you know, serpentine, man. Yeah, you yeah. And, and it like, like bored, it like drilled straight like through the moon, didn't it? And right. Just, just, I mean, like Leviathan, like that, that it, it has yeah. that look of like, um, like well, a huge dragon doesn't it so right, right. 100 percent. and well initially i thought that um 
that it it was inside of the moon and then it got its way and that's what the hole was and then it was it was like basically you know revelations and the the beast from the bottomless pit but then i found out that it came and it was and when you get into some of the sumerian texts you know they were fleeing um from uh the deeds that they had done and that's why there was the the cosmic war in the heavens you know um which kind of ties in with the Scientologist idea, you know, which, and you know, the, the Battlestar Galactica series, right? That's oh, basically, Star <laughs> yeah. So that's basically, that's science, that's Scientology mythos, man. Wow. Yeah. Basically running, like we created this robotic, you know, higher superior AI technology yeah. that basically turned on us. And then we had to run from it. And basically, we ended up finding this place where we could hide and take shelter from it. Do you know, you know you're just saying that, Robert? Yeah. Isn't that uh, what happened with that? Uh, they sort of knew about it years and years ago and kept it, kept the details on it hidden. It's a possibility. Yeah. You got to wonder how, I mean, I bet you if you did a deep dive on those early Battlestar Galactica episodes, um, you might find some ties with with early Scientology, man. So you are, right? <laughs> it's a possibility. It, I wouldn't, I, you know. Um, and and now when when we go back to the this mundane egg, right? Um, it was uh, Lord Vishnu or Nahayana. Yeah. So remember Vishnu we talked about that came yeah. and basically tied the the art to his horn. And took, you know, moved the art to the mountain peak so that the people could be safe, right? Yeah, um, yeah. This is the same um, Lord Vishnu, um, oftentimes called Nahayana. Um, Nahayana. Right. That this was how Vishnu became manifest, um, was laying inside of this, uh, this mund, it was called the mundane egg, which mundane basically. Egg. Right, and Vishnu laid sleeping inside of that egg for what they say is one sidereal year, which I believe yeah, like, is the turning of the cosmos around one time. Yeah, it was like uh, comatose almost. Well, in a, in, a, in a state of formation. In a, and then at a certain point, basically, after gestating within that, you know, that egg broke forth and spilled all of reality into being you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah so it's also like um he's been dormant and waiting for his time i guess yeah. Um, yeah well and then also there's another um tale within um uh i believe it's somewhere in like ancient canna um that basically yeah that in the nile river um, like a heavenly egg basically fell out of the heavens and basically uh, the fish it landed in the Nile River right and the fish rolled it up on shore and basically they they you know warmed it up and insulated it and after a certain amount of time that egg cracked forth and um, the goddess Anana um, Ishtar basically who became Easter uh, whose whose symbol is the egg <laughs> well, coincidence. You know? well, right? Coincidence. <laughs> right, right. Um, and and now, so Lord Vishnu, when he came out of the egg, um, he said, um, 
he said, it is called this. (laughs) (laughs) So basically everything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Do do you know, I think, oh, I was saying that, I was going to bring Mithras, but Mithras was, did he, was he born from a rock? From a rock. Yeah. You know, and I, I almost wonder how much, you know, that rock being a patar stone um, was in the shape of an egg. Mate, that would not surprise me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yes. But this, the egg or, you know, that zero um, was the symbol of the seed, right? And it's basically the inexhaustible seed of all um, creatures and creation you know and yeah. and when we go back into the different studies of the rising prophets coming out of a lot of these um different cultures um zoroaster um was considered to be the seed laid hidden and and you know so his symbol was the zero you know very interesting right right and and then you get into um biblical um the idea that um when joseph the younger of the 12 tribes of israel um his brothers you know he was basically effeminate a little sickly like he they said he was beautiful to look on almost like he was um you know a, a feminine um and yeah. they, they none of the brothers really liked him um some got along better than others but nonetheless when they sold uh, joseph into slavery to go into egypt they threw him in a pit right and um basically that pit is the 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 seed in the ground ready to grow very interesting this (laughs) and and it's very much like uh the um abraham going back into the early abrahamic studies um when abraham was a boy um and and it was uh nimrod who was basically hunting him down and very much like king herod was like kill all the the firstborn you know um nimrod very much was doing the same thing and and basically um abraham uh, was taken by his mother and he they fled and he was taken to a cave and put inside that ovum basically and he as well was the seed of the coming religion you know buried in the earth ready to you know gestating and ready to come forth very much like the story of the cosmic egg you know so we see this echoing into the current you know um, modern religions that that are are you know globally currently you know yeah you know yeah. right right it is uh this is it truly is my following stuff uh, so many connections yeah and um so now this egg right um let's see so uh after dwelling in the egg for that whole divine year um, yeah. upon emergence um became he who was called brahma brahma and, right and brahma took the this is in this is more in the Indian culture now, right? Right, right. Um, and basically, um, he takes that egg and and he splits it in two. And he forms the heavens and the earth at this point. Right, 
right? So here again, we go back to the ninth and the tenth Sephiroths, where, you know, we have the heavenly vault, which is the Yesod or the ninth, and the earthly realm, which is Malkuth. So, and, and then back to the idea of the nine and the ten. And when we get into the ten, uh, the tenth Sephiroth being this realm that we're in, right? Yeah. It's, bas it's basically, um, you know, a divisible factor of five, um, you know, and, and it's, uh, yeah, getting into the whole man and turning him on his head, you know, the, the five plus the five gives you the 10, um, yeah. and our existence within this realm, you know? Right. <laughs> so now also <laughs> right but now when we look at symbols of eggs through different culture right um this mundane egg was the emblem of the druids um and this egg can also be seen in um, egypt as seb who was the seb. god of yep s-e-b who is the who is the god of time and he carries a goose on his head right and the goose lays the the golden egg just like mother goose right yeah and now jupiter and brahma um both um assume the form of a swan which again gives us the egg you know and so all these creatures that you know that float on the water um the stork you know brings the 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 babies um so yeah. we have we have all these these different um fowl type beasts that basically yeah. give, give us eggs right and so we can see the different um, cultures using these um these birds as symbols of the divine force that produces that mundane or that cosmic egg right Robert. And, yeah Robert, sorry to interrupt. You know, yeah. if you mention time, would uh, Kronos have any connection to all this? Well, and that's, yeah. So Kronos, you know, and again, we have that symbol of the rings. If you look at it from above, right, um, you have the symbol of the rings and the, the dot in the center, um, which right. is, which, and we didn't even mention it once so far, but that symbol of the circle with the dot is the circumpunct and, wow. and yeah yeah and so here we have this symbol um yeah. you know which which is used in all forms of um denotation um mystical magical um right up into modern corporate logos you know um and and we see specifically one you know that's a red circle with a dot in it which i find interesting um but but the thing is, also, when you look at the top of Saturn um, in the same manner, um, you know about the uh, the Ouroboros on Saturn as far as the storm on Saturn. And it's it's basically creating that that uh, silhouette of the cubic shape. I got my is. Uh, how, how many? How many, and I've said it a few times now, well, how many coincidences can there be? Yeah, I know. Well, and it's, I think that, you know, um, just like the sacred geometry and the math, 
and how people want to go in and show you these sacred numbers that continually yeah. roll out. Um, it's very much in the same way that we, as we explore the physical manifestation of the cosmos, that yeah. we can see these two Leviathans simply engulfing everything that we are as a whole. Right? Yeah, yeah. So, so and I think that those numbers um, that, that are coming out that people are constantly pointing to, um, that they are magical, sacred numbers that, that align with and fit right in with the, these philosophical, you know, elements that we're talking about right here, you know? It is, uh, it's, it's madness, mate. Right, right. Um, and so now... Within, I was listening to a Jay Dyer podcast the other day, and he had an ecumenical guy on that was basically talking about how he thought that God, since the time of, of Yahweh, um, was more and more entering into our reality and more right. and more kind. And, and then, you know, I was kind of thinking in a very similar manner about um, if you read the exegesis of Philip K. Dick. Um, he goes deep into this idea of, um, have you ever heard of, I think I mentioned it one time on the first show we were on, um, Vallis. Um, Vallis. Yeah. Which, which he calls zebra, right? And zebra. Yeah, because it as blends. In, as in zebra. As in zebra. Ze the zebra, yes, yes. Uh -huh. As in the animal with the black and the white stripes. Um, and basically, it was the idea that um, the energy of, of the divine feminine. And so remember how we talked about the idea of, of Lucifer walking in the garden. And, and yeah, then there yeah. was some sort he was trying, you know, and, and getting into the idea that he was trying to perform some sort of cosmic alchemy that went wrong. And some spe people speculate that that's possibly how matter came into formation. Um, well, the way Philip K. Dick was looking at everything was that the matter itself, it's very not from a Gnostic point of view that the yeah. matter itself was evil, not necessarily evil, but it was, it was like a deformation of the creation, much like Adamon or the lie. Right. Yeah. Do you think um, it would be like, like, uh, like you say, not evil, but like the opposite, maybe. Um, do you think that's why, um, the opposite, yes, long. the reflection. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The upside down world. The upside right, down no. world, right, yeah. right. So, but the idea was that um, that uh, Valis, which is you know an acronym, um, yeah. you know, uh, which means vast, active, living intelligence system, right? And and basically, the whole is alive, right? And and not only is the whole alive, but but the creation of matter is we can almost view as the divine feminine whereas the intercession of valis or as this ecumenical guy was talking about the idea that god is coming more and more into creation um that it's the idea of the divine feminine being that circle which is yeah. the, the chaos and the creation of matter and God being that, or this, this valus, this vast active living intelligence system, um, basically being this pointed serpent that is more and more entering into the circle, 
which is very much like um, the, penis, the penis entering into the vagina. So here, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, basically, yeah. So, so, you know, at the point when um, that cycle is complete, um, possibly relating to the turning of the sidereal year, um, will there, you know, and, and it's the idea of, you know, the new creation or, you know, the, when the Hebrews talk about the third temple, you know, that it will be a cosmic temple that will come down from the heavens, you know, um, it's, it's in, and there's some uh, Mesopotamian theory that talks about the black and the white cube. Um, and, and basically when the new white cube assimilates the black cube, like if it's not inside the white cube, everything else within reality is dust, you know? So it's, it gets into ideas of cyclic regeneration of the cosmos and matter itself. This is deep, man. Yeah, man. So, and, and, and the funny thing is, when you get into the idea of the cosmic egg and the idea of Lucifer, and you get into the idea of the ecumenical church and a lot of, of what, uh, you know, sci-fi kind of gets yeah. into, and at least now Philip K. Dick is a special kind of sci-fi. Um, he's not your, I mean, and you get into Tessa Dick and, um, a lot from what I kind of have have kind of picked up is maybe he was a victim of MK Ultra, and seriously, he, yeah, yeah, oh, and um, basically he came back and much like in the same way that um, um, Timothy McVeigh or not Timothy McVeigh the Unabomber um, kind of you know went against the MK Ultra doctors and and was basically writing his manifesto against the technocracy um i think maybe philip k dick came out of it and started to write about the system that was coming and that's why we have you know the miscellaneous movies and the pre-crime and you know and, and philip k dick says himself you know all of his books are one continuous storyline you know yeah, I'm gonna definitely gonna have to check this this dude out, mate. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I would got, say when you got a video, mate, send us send us some links. What what you recommend? Oh works. yeah. Well, I would say if anybody's interested in in his stuff, um, just get the book Valis, V A L I S. V A L I I S. Yeah. And I mean, and if you want a more metaphysical, philosophical. Um, kind of hero's journey through a breakdown and a rise. Um, yeah. Philip K. Dick's Exegesis is a great. I've gone through that. I don't know five or six times, man. That's oh, one, man. Of my, one of my favorite books. Right, what's, so, what's he called again? The The Exegesis. The Ex of Jesus. Let me. Uh, I'll look up the exact exact spelling for you here. And as I pick up the phone, it's a one eleven. Let's see. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> let's see. Okay, so it's EXO. EXO. Yeah. G E N O U S. Nice one, mate. EXO genus. Yeah, got it. Yeah. And that word um, in the dictionary is relating to or developing from external factors external factors right so that's the idea and and what he's talking about in there is this idea of this 
zebra or zebra force like basically now you think if you are a supreme divine entity that that basically hangs out outside of time itself right um that you would simultaneously know and see all of reality at the same time right you you would Um, think so wouldn't you Right. And, and the idea Philip K. Dick has with, with this force is that it's actually working backwards through time. Backwards through time. To, to bring about the correction that has been, um, you know, um, done on this realm, you know. Yeah, that's Basically, very yeah, so it's, I mean, as you know, from a sci-fi writer perspective, I mean, it's quite brilliant to take um, the most evil cosmic experience, you know, uh, uh, conspiracy of, of all time and to turn it into a positive. I think it's a beautiful thing. For sure, mate. Yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's fascinating. Right, right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, the, this it's this idea, you know, this this curving serpent and this you know pointed serpent and and it is all of manifest creation that that we are you know currently residing in man yeah yeah, yeah. right yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean do you think the links are for uh, like the Arima? Mm. well and again you know um I, I related that story to the the goddess Zoe birthing Muth, you know. Um, it, it's always been looked at within all of the philosophical cultures that when life came into being, you know, death also was was part yeah. of the equation. And and within um, you know, the school of Zoroaster, um basically they looked at death itself as being demon possessed. That, that basically the body and, you know, the, the, uh, the soul force that, yeah. that, you know, brought, you know, through energetic vibration that brought forth the manifest body itself um, was eternal. And that it was only within this lower realm that these these lower forces came in and corrupted things, and essentially that is the lie, man. That is the 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 corruptor that you know that the, the deception, the deception, yeah. yeah. And, and so you know that even when you you know when you would get sick, that was a demon. That was and you know Ademon, when you get into it was you know, the nine, 900,999,000, you know, um, <laughs> different, different, you know, uh, corrupting forces that came forth to, to break down and, you know, and then that gets kind of into the, um, the alch- alchemical cosmic, you know, force yes. of, of a, a mouth, malfaction of, of alchemy, man. Where essentially the, they were going for, and you know, almost like when when um, when uh, Vishnu was born, you know, um, she he didn't want to go down. In, they didn't. The gods didn't want her him to go down into matter, you know. So Vishnu was born to the side, and it's almost like you know they were trying to maybe create a 
a realm that was identical to the heavenly realm, but that was corrupted by, you know, it's that old Luciferic um, idea of setting up a throne, you know, that would be more supreme than the higher throne, you know? Yeah. But, yeah. but, no, but man, that's the whole thing. You can't set up a better simulation than the simulation. Because every time you set up a simulation in inside of a simulation, you're looking at like degradatory factors where essentially you don't have the same um, amount of pliable energy to work with, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. William Burroughs, you know, he said, you know, um, you, you can't underwrite a, a massacre, you know, with a, with a shithouse. Like you basically have, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to, you have to have death, you know, um, it's, you know, it's unavoidable. It is yeah. unavoidable. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I think that's, you know, from a cosmic, like, um, philosophical perspective, I think that, you know, yeah. Ademon itself is the cause of, of corruption on all levels very much like these leviathans are the cause of creation on all levels yeah yeah it's you know uh, it's everything is yeah. everything connects and everything's fucking fascinating um, right it is i, I mean your perspective robert is it's something else i've said this before mm. um you're not just one of the most unique, extraordinary artists that, that I've ever seen. Uh, your work is incredible, but for for yeah, it's like when you go on shows and your podcasts. Um, there's only one of you. Nah. And we're very, we're very lucky to have you, mate. Um, I'm a complete. Is, I'm a complete. Wing, is, I'm a complete wingnut, man. You know? mate, you are. This is elite level material. Yeah. yeah. Um. um now um so when we get now okay so let's go back to the the whole sacred geometry right yeah and remember how we went from the zero to the one and that giving us two points in space between the female and the male yeah yeah which draws that line right um now we can look at the meet that female and that male as poles themselves as far as like electrical poles, right? Electrical and, poles. Right. And and there's a force um, that I came across um, called Fohat, right? Fohat. Um, right, right. And it's basically the uh, cosmic electricity. And it's said to move from the brain of the father to the bosom or the heart of the mother. And it metamorphosized itself into both male and female, both positive and negative. Like a hermaphrodite. Very much, yes. And early on, all that's when we were talking about the division of the sexes. Early yeah. on, all the people were said to be hermaphrodites. That's crazy, that way, isn't it? Right, right. <laughs> and, and well, and you go back to the uh, like the Sumerian, you know, the the ten Diluvian kings, like the ten raven-headed kings that yeah, you know yeah. ruled over the pre-Diluvian world. And you know, there's in in 
various stories from Samaria to the um, Upanishads to the Bhagavad Gita to, um, you know, there's stories of creations of beings that preceded human beings. And um, do you think that they could be the hermaphrodite entity or beings, whatever they were? well, and that's the thing. They they created different beings that that you know uh, divided by osmosis or not osmosis, but what's the where the cell splits into two, um, um, meiosis. Well, nonetheless, meiosis. yeah, but nonetheless, they they would basically um, almost clone themselves out of themselves, right? Um, and some of these different stories of these beings they would live for a while and then they would slowly die off and you know and it wasn't until the sexes were split and and basically the creation of you know the uh, merging of the male chromosomes with the female chromosomes um and very much here we're looking at those leviathans again you know yeah, yeah. Um, and and that being able to propagate and bring forth and and it wasn't until that time that humans became viable on the face of the earth. And once that happened, um, and, and, you know, it was said that the angels, there's some stories that tell that they saw that, that we were a superior creature to them um, because because our souls could transmigrate through the heaven. And when we talk about the heavens, right. um, What we've been talking about is the bottom two Sephiroth on the tree of life. Right. Um, right, which, right. Are, which are nine and ten but within the heavenly realm there's still eight other heavens at least within this philosophy that came out of egypt you know do you think do you think robert like you know uh do you think each level could uh, i might sound a bit crazy but do you think each level could be per se dimensions yeah that will um mansions the bible says mansions um you know we we, yeah it refers to them of the many mansions in the heavens um you know and if you were trying to describe some sort of a supreme structure um that was beyond physical time and space that was manifesting you know that one of the one of the you know richer words you could probably use would be a mansion you know um so it's, uh, yeah but but you know and and that's when you get into you know the western lands of the egyptians and basically moving through these different checkpoints um yeah. to be able to ascend in, into the western lands um you know it's very much and like even within the uh yes uh, um you know they have a the um which is the the more norse um philosophy um they have a oh uh, i love that mate Uh, yeah the norse pantheon is cool they have right they have a structure that's very similar to the hebrew tree of life um you know and you can see these uh these different cultures that have these cosmic machinations um you know and all this dates back to um the hebrews basically and moses you know um and the exodus and those those hyksos kings that were the the um 
the shepherd kings, you know, um, yeah. that, that, that were once those uh, Scythian tribes um, that migrated into India and Mesopotamia, you know, basically coming in and, and I'm going through a book right now called the Hiram key. And basically it goes into how these shepherd Kings were working to get the secrets of, um, which would be the mysteries of Serapis. Basically, they right. were trying. What's to, the book called, mate? It's called the Hiram Key. The H Hiram. Yeah, H I R A M Key. And Hiram, Hiram Abiff, is the grand architect of the Masons. Um, he's basically. Um, ah, that's very interesting, mate. Yeah, Masons. he he's the guy that that they um, that there's no hard found evidence. Um, you know, even the Masons consider him to be mythological. Um, but basically, he came from Tyre um, with all the knowledge of the uh, the building and the metalwork and all, and basically came um, and worked for King Solomon in building uh, as the architect that, yeah, that yeah. you know, and, and basically um, what the idea is with King Hiram Abiff is he held the word of the Master Mason. Um, which, you know, only two people knew that, that word. Right. And so when, you know, and they relate to this, to, uh, one of the Kings in Egypt, um, that basically they find a very similar, um, physical wounds as those described of Hiram Abiff. Right. Um, but, but the idea was they were trying to get the, the secret word that, that, basically made the Pharaoh, the Pharaoh and, um, Hiram Abiff, you know, after he had said his prayers, went to one exit, got assaulted by one. And in the, the Masonic text, they refer to them as, um, the Jewies, J O O U E S, I believe is the spelling. Um, but nonetheless, um, they assaulted him on three sides and then basically killed him. And the master word, um of the the masons or the word that was passed um from pharaoh to pharaoh was lost right and um this is basically the mythos of this this uh you know um this story where was i going with that on the oh the Hiram abiff tip the high the high key is that worth a lot yeah i got lost in where we were going with that story Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Don't worry I, was about trying to give you, I was trying to give you yeah. a bunch of the background. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's it, probably my mind's been melted since we started. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. are something else, mate. You were, you always, uh, like I said, like, like I said, mate, you, you scorch earth when you come on my show. And yeah. I love it. <laughs> but, well, but nonetheless, it was this, this secret word. Um, you know, which eventually they replaced with um, the term Mahabone. Um, Mahabone. Mahabone, yeah. And, and, but those, those Egyptian, well, and that's what I was talking about was this philosophy of the Kabbalah. That's in going back, the, and it goes back to Kabbalank coming out of Egypt, you know. And, and when Moses basically took all of those uh, Hibiru, um, those without footing, which were, you know, there's some argument as to whether or not they were slaves, um, whether or not we're merging multiple timelines. Um, but nonetheless, when those people, those Hibiru came out or 
I'm pretty sure that's how you say it. When they came out of Egypt um, and they did their their uh, 40 years in the desert. Um, yeah, that was when they became the Israelites. And, and they became, an Israelite means the warriors of God. And they basically came in and took over Cana, you know. That is very, very interesting that way. Yeah. So so that's the creation it's, of the Israel. Of the Israelites, yeah. Israelites, yeah. Right. Nice one. Yeah. yeah. But nonetheless, this philosophy that we're talking about, as far as Kabbalah um, and, and these numerology systems, and um, they all basically come out of this, this region, you know. And it's, uh, yeah, interesting now that it's just literally um, proliferated the entire, entire globe between um, Judaism, Christianity, and the Muslim philosophy. You know? It's crazy, isn't it, mate? It's crazy. Yeah. Do, do, you know, yeah. so, do you know something, Robbie, right? Do you know what? I would love to to look into more, um, you know, like the the, the, the old pantheon where we've got like Shiva um, mm. and, and such, like the right. in, right. Indian gods. And I've read, I've read a good bit about the comparisons between the Greek gods and the, the Hindu gods. And, Seriously? You know, oh, yeah. Well, oh, man, nice that's, that's, yeah, that's the thing. When you get into um, Vishnu, he had his uh, Vajna, I believe is what it was called. And it's like a staff um, that has three prongs on the end, right? And basically, it, it, he was going after these... Um, miscellaneous dark sorcerers and um, they said in the text that you know and and that's the whole thing with the 10th sephiroth as far as where we are you know in the position of the tree of life on the very bottom um, it's ruled by the four elements right so basically earth wind water fire um and and so uh vishnu with this vajna um he said that you know none of the elements of this realm would kill these sorcerers so basically they channeled down this cosmic electricity um which i was relating back to fohat and basically used that was some sort of a plasma bolt that shot out like um you know electricity basically yeah or lightning so here we have a direct analogous connection with zeus and his thunderbolt do you know something robert it's very interesting you saying that um because i mean if you look at some of the like i'll say air quote ancient um indian like art Mm -hmm. there are there are um entities or, or beings and it's like they've got some sort of weapon that looks like lightning. Right. That's the vibe. That's, that's that. That's that three pronged staff. That, right. Is that, that? I was just going to say. Then is that right? Well, and who else? Who else holds a pre a three pronged staff? Poseidon uh, in Wonderworld. Poseidon. Three pronged. Uh, but um, and then it was Buddha later when you get into the Buddha. Buddhist philosophy. He took that um that vajna or that lightning rod right and it has the three open prongs that create the electricity um it was said that buddha basically closed those prongs and now it looks like a flower uh staff that that buddha will hold sometimes and he's basically taking that weapon of war and turning it into a weapon of peace that is very interesting yeah so but yeah i've gone and you know 
the interrelationships between um, the Norse and the Hindu and the Greeks and the, you know, there's there's just a vast number of books out there about you know the the associations and how they broke down, man. You know, it's, yeah. It's, would would a Neptune also be uh, associated with the like the three pronged? Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. 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 Yeah, Neptune, and uh, that's he's the he's the ruler of uh, what the underworld. Yeah, I think so. I think so, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Could be wrong on that. Um, I mean, but he has yeah, to do mate. with the seas. He has to do with the, you know, and, yeah, like, uh, like Poseidon. I think is he the yeah. the Roman. I think so. Uh, well, like that's that. you know, it's it's it gets really confusing with a lot of these miscellaneous gods goddesses well not not only that but when you know you go from the mesopotamian to the greek and then you go from the greek to the roman and and then on top of that you know the there will be these dying and resurrecting gods where like you know isis and horus horus was cut up and then isis you know basically summoned his seed through the obelisk and rebirthed Horus, which was the resurrected Osiris. Yeah. So now Osiris becomes Horus. So, you know, and we see this with uh, Zs becomes Aziz. We see this with uh, Nin uh, or Tammuz becomes Nimrod. We see this yeah. just over and over again, over and over again, yeah. you know. So, yeah. trying to, yeah, it's ne it gets, Neptune is uh, the Roman robber, Neptune, Roman robber, the Greek, yeah, the Greek equivalent is Poseidon. So, Poseidon, right, right. Yeah, nice one, right. mate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So same. That's the exact same three prong, you know, pitchfork. You know, well, yeah. and then you you have to wonder um, being associated with water um, and that pitchfork creating a certain vibration may have certain energy forces within the water as far as toward fields, um, whereas that same device on the earthly plane. Um, in the resonant force of the air will have a different property that it associates, you know, generating the, the plasma or the lightning, you know, whereas depending upon the element that you associate that specific um, tool with, you're going to get different, um, you know, generative forces emerging. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, <laughs> well, it's crazy this mate you, you really are uh, well and and so, so that's, to have you, Robert. so well and it's also interesting you know because when we're talking about vibrations right um the idea of you know um when you get into to the ancient um aristotelian ideas of of or even plato in regard to the the you know universals right so there was the cosmic man which that that had to be in place in the heavens so that the cosmic vibration could be sent down so that we could be brought into existence right um yeah. and and it gets into the idea that that we are perfect manifestations of the vibration that that our soul brings into this realm right and and those vibrations not only do they manifest the physical reality that we exist in right because as we know with light it's a wave and a particle you know and it's and it's not until 
the viewer participates with that that form that basically it creates you know the the thing that it's going to reflect off of you know being the matter um but but those vibrations um are also the words that we talk and the words that we speak to each other and um you know, the, it's believed that, uh, I guess it was William Burroughs, he said that the biggest technological leap ever in the history of our, our, our realm, our planet, our Earth, yeah. um, was the evolution of speech itself. I'll tell you what, mate. Um, I would don't doubt that. Don't you think well, of, like, if we couldn't speak? Yeah. I can't imagine, I can't imagine um, right. a, well, a realm of what we are without language. Well, but look at, look at animals. You know, look at animals, man. I mean, they they operate on a more primal level. Um, yeah. You know, a chimpanzee, he can say certain things in sign language, you know, like uh, food or more, or but they lack the cognitive ability to be able to string cohesive you know, content and idea yeah, forms yeah. together like we can as human beings, right? Um, yeah. But but before there was language, man, you know, I mean, you know, it was like based, you know, based off animals, they look at each other, um, they'll make soft cooing noises or, yeah. you know, no extreme noises to alert for danger. Um, but dude, once physical speech came into being, you know, we were able to begin to tell each other stories yeah, and begin yeah. to say, "Hey, there's a water source over there, so you're not going to starve over here," you know. Yeah. And and I would say at that exact point when speech came into being, also came into being the idea of propaganda. Yeah, no, as, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. You know, as far as me being able to start to convince you, as far as what the reality is, you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so when, yeah. when you get into the idea of spells, you know, you're spelling words and then you take those those spelled words and you vibrate those into reality. And that is literally what creates reality. Like every single thing that is around us, every I mean, from your computer to your glasses, to the clothes you wear, to the socks on your feet, to like literally everything that is that you except for nature itself, except for those four elements, earth when yeah, yeah. you know um they are all the created idea of someone that was in this realm that they spoke those words into existence and somebody said yeah that's a good idea you know right. and then they make it and then so so our entire reality is based and created around spells and and then you write those out into the grammar that becomes the paragraphs yeah. And, you know, so then you have the grimoires, you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, um, just interesting. And what is also the, those serpents, when we look at, um, you know, they look like, um, they look like waveforms, you know, so they, they almost look as well like vibrations. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's a, a perspective like, like no other. Right. Well, but, and then again, uh those another form of those leviathans are the vibrational factors that are that are promoting in the air as we speak to one another you know yeah. it's it's all serpentine forces you know from from the lowest to the highest 
Yeah, and there's so much serpentry imagery. It's everywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, well, they love it, don't they? They love it's, it. Well, but that's the thing, man. It symbolizes different aspects of reality, you know. And and like how we talked about the uh, mercurial serpent being the two, you know, forces that create commerce versus the one serpent being that that's crawling up the pole is the healing force, um, very much like uh, you know Moses with the uh, Asher pole, with the serpent yeah, yeah, yeah. in the pole. You know, it's the healing force. So it's um, and then the cobra to strike out, you know, and basically bring ideas into existence. Um, you know, to, and, and you look at the different creation myths as far as the white worm and, you know, coming into the different serpents that created the canyons of the native American philosophies. And it's, you know, there's just, it's, it's, it's very, uh, very serpentine, man. Um, certainly is mate. Yeah. And, and the, the serpent in the garden of Eden, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's just, uh, shot, mate. Good shot. it's, these are the this is these are the different forms of the leviathan that that very much like the gematria you know brings out those certain numbers um i think within yeah. the, the force of creation you know there's certain elements that that are you know venerated through history um for their characteristics you know yeah sure mate. yeah yeah brother uh, uh I knew, I knew it was going to blow my mind, but this. <laughs> mm. uh, Man, so uh, let's see. <laughs> now, so now, and that's when we get into the unfolding of the the from the seed of life you know basically once yeah. that fertilization is complete um we go from the seed of life to the flower of life right and as, right and within sacred geometry right yeah. and as this flower unfolds in the physical realm right it basically creates the it it, it expands in seven what they call holy forms right seven and, holy forms right and so this flower when it manifests within this realm basically has seven petals right and and so and we can see how those sevens kind of stack um in regard to reality right um right. we have the seven heavens the seven earths the seven seas the seven planets which were the archonic gods we have the seven colors we have the seven musical notes we have the seven precious metals we have the seven days of the weeks we've also got the seven-headed dragon of Ariman. right and the seven <laughs> seals in the bible right seven um, deadly sins the seven eternal lives of the egyptians um the seven virgins to light the olympic flame the seven swans of swimming uh, the uh the seven deadly sins the, yes the, yes the seven hills of rome um we have the seven wonders of the ancient world Every, and when you roll a dice when you roll a dice it always sits on seven so whatever the number is on top when you add it to the number on bottom it equals seven right that's that's just good yeah yeah when, when you break a mirror when you break a mirror you have seven, seven years years bad luck, yeah right yeah. we have the seven sacred sciences which are grammar <laughs> rhetoric logic which is the trivium 
And then we have the quadrivium, which is um, arithmetic, music, geometry, and astronomy, right? Um, we have the seven sacraments in the Holy Roman Church. We have the seven ages of humankind and the evolution of the spheres. Um, we have the seven um, revealed Islam, uh, imams in Islam. Um, it just, it literally goes on and on and on, man. Um, you know, so the where we're at, as far as the machinations of manifestation within the thir three dimensions of the, the you know, um, the, the bottom um, sphere of life in matter, it manifests in sevens. So when we, when we start looking at sacred, you know, the, the gematria of these people that are pointing these numbers out, um, we can see that it's not just in the numbers, but it's in the manifestation of physical reality itself. You know, right, right, right. <laughs> wow, brother. So, so <laughs> it's like, man, who's ready to go over the cliff with me? You know. Quality, <laughs> <laughs> uh, mate. I love it. I love it. Right. And uh, according to Plato, the chaos of the void became the soul of the world right so that circle became the the like the manifesting force that that was the spirit that brought about the physical manifestation you know um let's see so he said plato also says the highest of the high built the universe in the geometrical form of the dodecahedron and it's Don't first begotten yep it's first begotten was chaos and primordial light and this firstborn was only the aggregate of the host of the builders very interesting very so basically interesting, so basically he says there that the dodecahedron it's first begotten was born of chaos which the chaos is the circle and the primordial light is the so here again we have the curved serpent and the pointed serpent and we just see this literally entwined in philosophy and reality and you know i mean those leviathans you know we are we are in the belly of the whale metaphorically that is, uh, it, it, it's just fascinating. I, I, it's it's un, undeniable. Right, right. Right. Um, oh, so uh, here's here's one for you, man. There's a legend in one of the Indian texts that always has kind of fascinated me. Um, and basically, in a very remote period in the past, one of the gods shone with such insufferable splendor um that it facilitated distress on the entire universe by its effulgent beams brighter than a thousand worlds than another more potent god then another more potent god came in and cut off his head uh, who was the uh, the god who cut off his head mate yeah it didn't say these are uh, primordial before time you know so i think that's speaking of the idea that that um that maybe from the chaos 
like the brightness exploded forth you know illuminating you know um you know birthing and basically it was reality itself that went in and cut off that head you know wow wow yeah yeah <laughs> i so, love this mate i, I can feel that. <laughs> uh, brilliant. but yeah it's you know and then but just as far as getting into you know lux light and the light of lucifer you know and that's man when in another thing that that's been pointed out um by a couple people um, I think Freeman Fly was the first one that I heard say it. But anytime, you, yeah, if you've never heard Freeman, man, Freeman's great. Um, he's been around a very, very long time. Um, I've actually ran, run into him. One time when I was on the road, he came and actually hung out in my booth for a while. Oh, um, nice one, huh? Yeah, and, we, and, you know, it was before he was even on doing podcasts, man. Or maybe right. he was maybe he was early on in his early, but it was a long okay. time. I mean, we're talking probably two thousand two, two thousand three. Um, quite a bit, but, it? but but he he says that any time that you see in a movie when you're watching a flick, um, yeah. anytime you see them light a match, um, that is they're about to tell you something important. Seriously. Yeah, because now if you go back in America at least, um, and you look at the early matches, the early strike matches, um, they were indeed called Lucifers. That is crazy, crazy. So, so every time you would strike a match, you would be bringing forth light. You would be bringing forth Lux or Lucifer. That makes yeah. sense, doesn't it, really? Really? Yeah. So they they and they used to be called. It was, I think it was very common. They used to be called Lucifer matches, you know. And they the Lucifer slowly got um, moved away, just like the Lucis Trust. <laughs> but yeah, hey, 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 yeah, that's brilliant. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Robert. Um... <laughs> but that was. That was a good. That was a good bit of information, huh? That that was. Uh, I mean, you you like I said, mate, you we truly are uh, lucky to be gifted with somebody like yourself. Uh, it's well, man. It's just you know, it's the idea of the imaginative force, man. I mean, yeah. as an artist, you know, ba I mean, in within myself and with what I do, um, you know. Uh, beauty i i see beauty as the only true essence of of permanence you know um being you know the divine emanating force of love itself you know it supersedes all space time so when i do my art i try to relate it to the beauty that we have in life um you know, I've done a couple dark pieces over the years. And when I was a kid, you know, I was into skateboarding and I was listening to a lot of punk rock. And um, I used to do a lot of uh, really dark apocalyptic kind of stuff, you know. Um, but then as I got older and I like, you know, saw more of the world for what I believed it should be, um, you know, I try to create things that are going to stimulate um, people's minds to see some sort of um beauty in eternity you know what i'm saying and and i love that robert yeah i love and, that, that and, entire approach right and well but that's the thing man sitting around 
and taking all in all this information over, yeah. you know, cause I just sit and, and I, I make art and I listen to these different, and, you know, I oftentimes you hear me say, well, at least in that story, they're all stories. These are all something that someone in their mind um, put together ideas and pinned it to paper, you know, and, and then, you know, it, I, and I think in a big way, a book um, might be one of the most divine forms of magic there is out there, um, simply because you get to go into another person's head and see their viewpoint and and un try to understand their ideas you know and i think that's more and more why everything's going digital um you know and and there was a point when we still had dial-up internet and i was you know because i've always been a like an information junkie and i was watching um i was on some website it was washington post new york times one of the one of the big media you know sources and as i was reading the story the refresh rate, you know, on the old machines, you know, it was like every 16 seconds or every 11 yeah, seconds yeah. or something. And the whole screen would refresh. And um, as I'm reading the story, they're changing the story right in front of my eyes. And I was yeah. like, this is this is straight out of Orwell. And this right. was in the, this was in the early 90s, man, you know. And and it's just that's the idea, man. When you get into the I, you know the creation of narrative, the creation of culture, um, you know, and and we know that these media sources have been you know co-opted um, with gatekeepers, and and they've openly admitted it, you know, from different quotes from New York Times editors over the years, and you know, so it, it's when we participate with what the the obelisk or the black box. You know the scrying mirror that is the phone has to offer um you know we, like i said we really have to be careful what we allow ourselves to think because you know like i said that that study that i brought up where they took conservatives and liberals yeah, and yeah. they basically kept them isolated but switched their news sources you know after a couple months they were on the other side so so this dialectic this narrative you know, and, and, and we look at, you know, um, all of these different forces that have scientifically engineered and created, you know, through cybernetics and right up into, you know, game theory and, and Trump using Cambridge analytics to basically go in and create individual ads for individual, you know, it was like over 250,000 individual ads for in that. So, you know, we're all and and if you get into the the idea of quanta um you know if the quantum computer ai can read in both the negative and the positive simultaneously um maybe the outpouring of that energy is creating a society that is both positive and negative in reality right I, you know it, it's it's it, which is back to again the reflection of itself you know and and creating those two diametrically opposed poles that work off one another and that friction that friction comes together and eventually lights a fire and back again to the right. Lucifer match man yeah yeah um, you know? i i didn't i've never heard of the, the Lucifer matches but it's another thing i would have a quick look into yeah. that it may be when you yeah yeah uh, when you mentioned uh, like like books and the things going to digital now it's funny because yeah. I did a podcast yesterday with uh, 
without Raven and Zero. And yeah. it was interesting. We brought up that uh, some books, when they're changed, they're modified to digital format. Yep. They could be changed. Vastly. Be slightly different. And then adjusted depending upon the need of the AI. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, man. When I go and I get a lot of these books, um, I generally will try to get first or second editions, you know? The actual um, physical books. The actual that. physical yeah. books to read, yeah. And, I, and you know, um, there and there's numerous. Uh, I remember uh, this was back in the, the 90s. Um, uh, this friend of mine, um, Jojo, she was basically sitting around comparing the first edition of Behold the Pale Horse to like the fifth edition. And there was a ton of changes, man, you know, and that's that's uh, the that, that's the conspiracy Bible for a lot of people, man, yeah. that yeah. Behold the Pale Horse, you know, it, and you can make it makes you wonder, doesn't it, Robert? Like, yeah, uh, how, who's making these changes? And, and it's, it's obviously it's deliberate. Well, and that's, why, uh, that's why? the other thing. Philip K. Dick, he goes into extreme about how these changes are made and why these changes are made and how this zebra yeah. force is working backwards in time to basically create a dynamic in which brings us back to the whole. So it's, it's conceptually and, and um, philosophically interesting um, when you think that may, you know, it, I don't know, man, you would like to think that they're doing it to bring about a positive swing. I mean, I've always heard the idea that like MKUltra and a lot of the yellow journalism is basically put forth to um, spur and cause the, the dynamic um, like conscious evolution of humans. There's that whole line of thinking where, where it's something that we need in order to spur us into a, you know, more glorious future, something along those lines, you know? Um, but it's just, yeah, when you start, um, and, and that's a lot of what the Sufi philosophy does is plays with plays on the ideas of, of what is truly negative and what is truly positive and you know you, you know do we need certain things to prick against us in order for us to kick you know and 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 bring about the the adjustment you know i guess i guess it could also be like i mean everybody's own individual thoughts my mm. my thought of something positive might be your thought is negative, so I guess it is. Yeah. Everybody's depending, unique, aren't they? And, well, and, and you know, it's depending upon our individual understanding of all. Yes, it, yes. You know, and and a lot of people may look at what I'm talking about as black magic. You know, it's. Uh, but then there's a whole another school of people that are, you know, think it's only the natural state of existence. Um, where yeah. another where another school of people will take this and turn it into ritual magic, where another school of people will take this and turn it into the gematria. You know, we're we're all like playing. I mean, we're literally dancing on the the cosmic manifestations. And as as the human biocomputer, we're essentially trying to bring order out of chaos. And when we think we see some sort of semblance of of a crack of light that's illuminating us, then you know the gematrius will trumpet it all over Twitter, or you know the, <laughs> you, you just yeah. it, it's 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 
just interested and that's the whole thing you know um what did bob dylan say bob dylan said there are no truths outside the gates of eden you know so basically within this, this realm are there really any truths at all you know i mean other than you've got a point mate you've got a point yeah other than the potential of love man you know uh, that, love that is emanating, everything. emanating force that supersedes all man and yeah and it that's why is, you, mate. Yep, you got to be careful of of those things that that want to get in your head and cause those fear worms, man. Yeah, the that, corruption. That, yeah. You know what is it on Dune? You know the fear is the mind killer, the slow death. You know yeah. it's uh, yeah. they you know they've been telling us, and we know it's true. Um, and even in the Bible, you know the whole "Yea, I walk through the valley of the shadow of the darkness; I, I shall fear no evil." You know it's it's you know um, you're only here for a limited time. And life is a beautiful thing, you know. Find Probably things. Most certainly is. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we're topping two hours here now, aren't we? Yes, we are, mate. Robert, uh, man, you, you, this is beyond fascination, mate. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about what we were going to talk about this time, man, and I kind of was getting these this idea of these leviathans kind of in head and it's very much like the russian nesting dolls you know um it's just like it's a fractaline you know equation you know and 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 that's i say you know we live in a fractal if it can happen it will happen you know and and that fractal is built upon the these you know um essential like physics you know that are quote unquote the law you know, yeah. um, and, and it's just it also, it's just it also, it's why I strongly believe that everything happens for a reason, yeah. And, and yeah. you know, I want to believe there's no such thing as coincidences. Um, but once you go over that edge, then you get into the idea, I go back, can't you? <laughs> <Everything's> coincidence. <laughs> yeah, well, but then you get into the idea of fate, and everything's already pre, you know, predetermined. Yeah. So, you know, it's, uh, but it's, it's again, that balancing on the head of a pin, you know, what, like, what is reality? I mean, we're all still trying to find out what it is. And I think yeah. these stories of the Leviathans are essential ways on a, on a, you know, a macro and a micro level to try to understand what this manifestation is that we are, that we find ourselves subsiding within. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. Um... Robert, I love every single minute of this episode. <laughs> you are you're a legend, mate. You really are. Yeah. Uh, and I cannot wait till we speak again. Um, before you go, Robert, can you let everybody know where they can get hold of you, please, sir? Yeah, you can find me on uh, Instagram at Robbie, R-O-B-B-Y, Marks, M-A-R-X. Um, I'm also on Twitter, which is where I probably talk the most trash. Um <laughs> Yeah, Instagram and Facebook, I kind of use it's I use it for business purposes, so I kind of just keep it strictly to the art. Um, but yeah, I'm out there. I'm on Discord. Oh, and again, I want to offer up. I've had a few people take me up on it. I have a series of 14 hours of uh, information that I've recorded and had mastered in the studio with some music behind it. And um, if anybody wants to check that out, um you know you can get into some of these topics i've discussed uh they're they're included in there as well um but if you get a hold of me i can i can send you a link to download the uh 
the file with all the mp3s so oh nice one mate i will uh i'll tell you what then robert but, you know once you've finished it if you i can attach the links to the show notes if you like oh man um it's off my server so all right um, okay right. yeah yeah I'll put, I'll put your website in there anyway so they can they can click on your website and get that way can't they yeah well right. um the website is a little antiquated i'm working on trying to figure out getting it updated um the the most recent stuff yeah if you put that etsy link in there um they yes, can look at no some problem, of my mate. art and then i'm probably most active on uh instagram and twitter so nice one yeah. mate. nice one yep well, Robert, uh, incredible, mate. Absolutely. Thanks, incredible. Stuff, huh? uh, yeah. yeah. Thank you very much, sir. Right. Uh, I'll stop recording now. This six-year-old child with this blank, pale, emotionless face. The blackest eyes, the devil's eyes. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.